Welcome to the Grace Baptist Church podcast, and thanks for joining us for this episode. Before we begin, please take a moment to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. If you enjoy this content, please don't hesitate to leave us a five-star review and share this podcast with your friends. We'd like to extend an invitation to you and your family to join us for worship this week at Grace Baptist Church. We'd also love to connect with you online at gracekettering.org. Thanks again for joining us and enjoy the episode. They were all over the place mentally with Jesus Christ. They were thinking of all different things. Jesus was trying to teach a, an important lesson about himself. Uh, and if they get the chapters in the Gospel of John, but he was uh, talking about how he would, must suffer, or Mark, I'm sorry, Mark chapter 10, how he must suffer, go to Jerusalem. He would be mocked, he'd be spit upon, and uh, he'd be crucified, he'd be scourged. All these things he lays out. And then the very next verse, James and John are fussing who's ever going to be the greatest. Peter, things that he said. Philip, Jesus said those great words in John chapter 14. Let not your heart be troubled. Believe in God, believe also in me. And my Father's house are many mansions. And Thomas says, Lord, we, we don't know where you're going. Lord, would you tell us how can we know the way? I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh to the Father but by me. Then Philip says to Jesus, if you would just show us the Father, we'd be satisfied. It would suffice with us. And Jesus says these words, Philip, how long have I been with you? If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. These are the disciples that come from all different backgrounds. You had a, a zealot who was involved in politics. You had a tax collector. Get them two to get along. You had fishermen. You just had common men in all different sects of life. You have all these men that Christ chose to follow Him. And here you find a miraculous thing beginning to take place because something changed in the life of these men. And it's something we need to happen in each of our lives who are followers of Jesus Christ. Think of what Paul's desire was. We don't have time to go there, but I encourage you to read 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and, and Philippians chapter 2 where Paul uses an expression, and he uses this expression, like-minded, like-minded. Now, just in a group this size this morning, to try to even fathom to think that we could all think alike, that's insane. That's impossible. We got people from all different walks of life in this room right here today. We have all different types of mentality, all different ways of thinking. We could take guys out onto a car and change the oil, and you probably got 15 different ways we could all come up with how to do it. I don't know, because we all have the right way, right? And ladies, you could take us home how to make cookies or how to make a supper. Boy, you could have all different ways how to do all those things. We're, we're, to get us all to think alike is impossible. But Paul says, I want you to be like-minded. And then he said this of Timothy, I have no man like-minded as Timothy who will naturally care for your state, who has been with me for the gospel's sake. The gospel. Do you understand what gets us to think alike? There's only one thing that causes us to think alike, and it's Jesus Christ. And it's the gospel. The gospel. Do you believe the gospel can change lives? Say amen. Hey, we can think alike. 
Do you believe that the gospel needs to be preached in Dayton, Ohio? Wow, we can think alike. Do we believe that the gospel needs to be preached and proclaimed all around the world? We just had three thoughts that were just alike. Wow, we can get along. We can have some fellowship here because we just agreed on three truths. And if we can agree on those, that is the foundation of everything we do. As the body of Christ, it causes us to get our attention off of some of the most trivial things on this earth. And it comes down to these two monumental things as Jesus took them to the Scriptures. Oh, we must go to the Scriptures. And I believe for us that are believers, there's two monumental truths of the Word of God that are transforming. Number one, it's the resurrection of Christ. The resurrection. Because for these disciples, uh, here in this instance, this is resurrection day. This is resurrection day and Jesus is giving these words to them. And He opens their understanding of the Scriptures. And then we find Jesus coming and going uh, for 40 days. He appeared to men. We find in Scripture that it teaches that. And then as He ascended into heaven... They were commanded to go to Jerusalem and you tarry there and you pray and you wait for the promise of the Holy Spirit of God. So you have 10 days there between the Ascension and Pentecost, but a total of 50 days from the Passover to Pentecost. 50 days. You have men whose lives were changed forever because Jesus had risen. It had changed them. Men who were fearful are now laying their lives down for the cause of Jesus Christ. The resurrection changed everything. And listen, for us that are saved, it changes everything for us. We have a risen Savior. We are on the winning side. Never forget that. Never forget that. Noah and his family, as Jesus told, reminded his disciples, is as in the days of Noah, so shall the coming of the Son of Man be. We're living in the days of Noah. But listen, Noah and his family went on the ark as a, as a minority. But when they came off the ark, they were a majority. And listen, we might be a minority today, but I'm glad to know, I know who the door is. It is Jesus Christ. And one day the reign of God's wrath is going to begin to fall. We're going to hear the trumpet sound. The dead in Christ shall rise first. And we which are alive and remain shall be caught up with them in the clouds and meet the Lord in the air. So shall we ever be with the Lord. Listen, that is a fact and it will happen. Jesus will come again. And that is the second monumental truth of Scripture that changes us forever. It is number one, the resurrection of Christ. But number two, it is the return of Christ. And listen, it is all found right here in the Scriptures. And may God help us and may God do this for us that He opens our understanding to it. It is the only thing that will motivate us. If the resurrection and the return of Christ does not motivate you and us, nothing will. Nothing will. And we will just go in week in and week out and do nothing. And I, may I say today, even as we understand it by history, a major event like 9-11 will affect for a moment, but it's only temporary. God's Word can be permanent. It can transform a life permanently. And all oh, we need it, we need it to happen to each of us today.
Jesus took them to the Scriptures. Secondly, how did it become personal for these disciples? In verse 48, he says these words and he puts it to them personally. And he says this, And ye are witnesses of these things. You're a witness. It's something that's personal to you. You've seen it. You've saw it with your own eyes. You're witnesses of it. And these things is in verse 46. Jesus suffered. He was buried and three days later rose again. They're witnesses of this. Repentance and remission of sin should be preached in His name. And they've seen and witnessed the transforming power of that in their own life. They were witnesses of these things. Number two, how does Jesus make it personal? He reminds us here that we are sent. You are sent. I am sent. Individually, personally, by Jesus Christ. Why? We're witnesses of these things. If the gospel has changed your life today, then you are a witness of it. And if you are a witness of it, you are sent by Jesus Christ. He said this, as I have been sent from the Father, so send I you. He has sent your pastor here to Kettering. God has sent us to Nicaragua. But listen, not just for a missionary, it's not just for a pastor, not just for a Sunday school teacher, one who works in missions and all those type of things. Everyone who's been saved is sent. You're sent to your neighborhood. You're sent to your workplace. You're sent to uh, this area of Ohio. You are sent by Jesus Christ. You have to respond to that call. It is your call. If you are saved, whether you like it or not, you're sent. Dr. Curtis Hudson used to say, the only other alternative to soul winning is disobedience. And it is so true because every believer is sent by Christ into this world. The world, how do I get to the world? You begin at Jerusalem. We get to the world by sending people out and through your church and through faith promise that you can partner with them and, and be involved in them. And that fruit is to your account. We find that in Philippians chapter 4. All of this has been made possible through Jesus Christ. It's made personal through the Scriptures, made personal because we were sent. And these two, two things that I want to give you under this thought of being sent. And I... I Take it through the story of William Carey. William Carey, the, William Carey, the great missionary to India. And as one day he was home from another mission uh, um, endeavor that he was on, he was home, he was around his um, people who were involved in the mission agency, and one man by the name of Andrew Fuller, who uh, wrote a book later about William Carey, he pastored up in the uh, New England states, and but he met with William Carey with a bunch of other people from that mission society and they began to discuss where was God sending them? What does God want to do through their lives and where do we go next? And those people began to talk about India and how dark it was. And, but yet they realized if we could just get in there, it's a gold mine. It, they're, 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 there's people to be reached if we can just get there. It's dark and some would even use it as a comparison as a dark pit way, way down in this mine, but, but somebody needs to go there. There's, there's jewels there. There's precious gems there. Somebody needs to go. And William Carey made this statement, and it's something that has continued all of these years. And, and he said this. He says, well, I'll go. I'll go. But somebody's going to have to hold the ropes. I'll go if you'll hold the ropes. 
Those men that day, Andrew Fuller and all those men in the society began to commit and began to vow to William Carey, we'll hold the ropes for you. We'll hold the ropes for you. And they did. And William Carey went. And God wrought a great work in India. And I was there in 2019 with Ken Fielder. God allowed me to go, I think, for the cake. And you've been there as well. And to be in that Bible college there by the Cherian and to see all of those Bible college students and then to see all these pastors come from all over India and travel hours upon hours, days, five days, just to get there to that meeting and to hear preaching and teaching from God's Word and how God is using them in their life to reach people for Christ. And boy, it all goes back to that one man, that one missionary who said, I'll go if somebody will hold the ropes for me. And my, what God has done today through this, that one man. So when it comes to this thought of being sent, there's just two options to it. In this room this morning, if you're saved, you know Jesus Christ is your Savior. You're either doing two things today. Should be doing two things. You're either going or you're giving. You're giving or you're going. Giving is holding the ropes. I, God, God's not calling me there. I just know that. I just know what God, but I'm going to hold the ropes for somebody to go. You've got a whole, whole list of people out there and placards of people who are in different parts of the world. Are you holding the ropes for them? Are you holding the ropes for them for your giving? Maybe some here this morning or tonight will be here and God's been working in your heart and you'll say, no, I've been giving, I've been vested and God has allowed me to do that and God has blessed me to be able to do it and I'm grateful that I can do it for the Lord, but boy, I feel like God has something more for me. Maybe you'll go. But if you're here this morning, you name the name of Christ, you only fall into two categories, either giving or going. Because we must, we must hold the ropes. There's a price with it, the verse that is up here, if any man will come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. There's only one, only one option to this. A man by the name of George Stott, um, him and his wife Grace went to China as missionaries and made their way there. And they spent 38 years in China, started churches, orphanages, did Bible translations. God used them mightily. But it all started for him back when he was just a young man, 19 years old. He had tuberculosis, and as a result of that, he developed affection in his body. And, and it went into his legs, and as a result, he lost one of his legs. His leg was amputated. And as he lay in the hospital bed for months, he lay there discouraged, depressed, and had all of his ambitions of life and dreams that he wanted to accomplish seemed like they just shattered before him because he lost his leg. But somebody came to the hospital one day and led him to the Lord Jesus Christ, and he got saved and changed his life forever. And he wanted to do something for Christ for the rest of his life. And one day he met with the great Hudson Taylor. And he came to Hudson Taylor right before, all, of course, all this started. And he said, Hudson Taylor, I believe God's called us to the mission, but we want to go to China. And Hudson Taylor just simply asked him this. And he said, George, he said, how do you think a one-legged missionary is going to make it in China? And George Stott said this, I don't know, but I don't see any two-legged people going. I'll go. I'll go. Will you be that one? Jesus took him to the scriptures. Jesus has sent us. And lastly, we've been given the Spirit of God. 
Verse 49, we have all the resources we need to do this. And it's found in the Holy Spirit. Verse 49, and behold, I send the promise of my spirit upon you. But tarry ye in the city of Jerusalem until ye be endued with power from on high. Jesus promised the Spirit of God. And this promise gave them the power that they needed. Think of this. Peter, 50 days later, approximately, from when he had denied Jesus Christ three times, adamantly cursed and swore, I don't know him. Fifty days later, he's standing preaching. And 3,000 souls come to Christ. Something happened. Something transformed this man. A resurrected Savior and the promise of the Holy Spirit of God. Do you understand? I know the apostles had... Special credentials are in the book of Acts. But listen, we all have the same Holy Spirit today. We all have that power lying within us. It is in me. It is in you. Your pastor doesn't have a different dose than you have. You all, we all have the same Holy Spirit of God that enables, that induces us with power. Not only is He in us, but He is about us. That word induced means to sink into a garment where He is all about me. I, he's, he is everything. I am nothing. It is all about Him. And we must surrender, be submissive, submit ourselves, yield to the Spirit of God, die to self, that He can flow through our life as He pleases. The only difference in this room this morning by levels of service as we serve the Lord is not of our own charisma. It is not of our own ability. It is not, all oh, they have this or that. No, 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 no. It is, are you willing or not? Are you surrendered or not? That is the only difference in this room. The Word of God is here for every one of us. Nothing changes. We all have the same Holy Spirit of God, the same power within us. It is the level of surrender that changes everything in our life. Will you surrender to it? It can transform. Peter, all these disciples, they just surrendered to it. And the Holy Spirit of God took over in their life. It just takes one. It just takes one. Will you be that one who will say, you know what? I, I believe the Word of God is speaking to me, and I know He is the Holy Spirit of God, and I, I need to take this thing personally. Jesus took him to the Scriptures. And you understand, I, I've been sent. Not, not just pastor, I've been sent. We all have been sent if we, if we name the name of Christ. We're sent. we got to do something about this. And we have the Spirit of God, and we could all be, immediately, we're like, we're like Moses, immediately, oh, I don't know if I, I don't know if I. No, 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 no. It's not you. It's Christ. It's the Holy Spirit of God living and dwelling inside of you. My wife comes from a family of 14 siblings, and uh, I'm grateful. She is the second to the youngest, and uh, we always make the joke, I'm glad that her mom and dad did not stop at 12. I'm glad they kept going, and uh, she's 13. I'm grateful for that. 
but she's coming from a large family, and her family's in the Philippines, and all Roman Catholic, grew up Roman Catholic. Her dad was a drunk, a gambler. And, uh, but one person, I don't even know who he is, the one person one day witnessed to her brother, Jing, Jing Patak in the Philippines. And Jing trusted Jesus Christ as his Savior. And God began to stir his heart and burn his heart and later called him to preach. And, but through that, he began to witness to his family and to tell his family about the Lord Jesus Christ. And over the years now, I don't know, probably over 40 years now, God's begun to work in all of her family to where we praise the Lord that we believe that all of her family, her siblings have made profession of faith. Her mother trusted Christ. Her dad later in life finally accepted Jesus Christ as his Savior. Was in church. Just recently, her eldest sister, we were at uh, in Nicaragua in July, and we'll talk a little bit more about that tonight, but um, our daughter Valerie was able to go with us in July. We made a trip there just a, uh, about a month ago. And the second day after we were there, her eldest sister, who's 66, in good health, but she had a massive heart attack, and she died. Um, while we were in Nicaragua, she died in the Philippines. But just three years ago, she started going to church, and she trusted Jesus as her Savior. Jing now has a ministry, a church, Christian school, Bible college, orphanage of over 100 some children, church plants, different parts of the Philippines that God has allowed him to be a part of and training young men. The multiplication of that ministry is unfathomable. And here in the States, as she came here in 1993, and now our son is pastoring a church, and you just see the multiplication of all of this in families and, and churches and ministries and one person telling others about Christ and, and it just goes on and on. And only heaven will tell what God did through just one person. Not a great man, no name in light, no name on a book, no name in history, no name in a paper. Just somebody, we have no idea who it is, but he told somebody about Jesus Christ. And he says, I want to tell you what Jesus has done for me. Will we do that? Will we say, I'll be, I'm going to take it personally. This is my responsibility. Would you bow your head with me? <laughs> with your head bowed and your eyes closed, and just for a moment, I, I want to first of all just ask this morning, is there anyone here, we, we've talked about the gospel, we've talked about Jesus Christ, He is the only way. The song put it so well. Is there anyone here who would say, I am not sure if I was to die today, I don't know where I would go to, eternity, go to eternity. I don't know whether it be heaven or hell. I don't know. But I want to know. I want to get this thing settled. The, the things that we heard this morning, Jesus coming back, life is not a certainty. I want to know this for sure in my life. I need to accept Christ as my Savior. I want to know for sure. If that's you today, would you just quietly, no one looking, but would you just quietly just put your hand up, say, would you pray for me? Remember me, that's me. I need 
trust Christ. I want to get this thing settled in my life. Anyone like that at all? Just quietly put your hand up, put it back down. Anyone at all? No one looking. Anyone at all? Christian, let me ask you today. Paul said this, for to me to live is Christ. It's Christ. What are you living for today? Jesus took him to the scriptures. You're sent. And we have the Holy Spirit. Would you take it personally today? Would you just say, yes, I'm going to take it personally? That's me. I'll be that one. However God can use me, I want to be that one. Thanks for joining us for this episode, and please take a moment to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. If you enjoy this content, please don't hesitate to leave us a five-star review and share this podcast with your friends. We'd like to extend an invitation to you and your family to join us for worship this week at Grace Baptist Church. We'd also love to connect with you online at gracekettering.org. Thanks again for checking out this episode. I look forward to having you join us again right here on the Grace Baptist Church podcast.